John, let's talk some NFL and the live golf deal. And Tom Brady, of course. That's a guy who knows how to host a podcast, Andrew. If I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. And we're back. The Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. On the board, master of drops, Say It Ain't So Productions, Chris Mason. You hear all those drops? That's coming from Say It Ain't So Productions and Chris Mason. Uh, I also the Sports Business Journal, where he works now. Uh, John, you had a great prediction. You told us going into this year, Liv was going to do the deal with the CW. Before you go any further, uh, we, we Mason and I, we got this clip. Let's play this clip from the preview show uh, for 2023. Here's John Oren. They're going to do a deal. They're, it's not going to be a big deal. They're going to patch something together with a uh, uh, like a, one of the fifth or sixth broadcast networks, like a, the CW or something like that. And they're, they're going to be able to try to get on in that way. So that's where you think they end up, like the CW? Yeah, I think that... The, 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 you so there's the, smoke there or you're just throwing the CW out there? Uh, there's a little bit of smoke there. That's some nice work. Good, good job by you, John. Should I do fake modesty here? Talk about blind squirrels or whatever? And I, that, that was a good one. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one, Andrew. Yeah, that one worked out. All right, who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? John, I'm going to take it first. My who's up is Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Here's the biggest reason they're my who's up. Not too many people are talking about them. Just the right amount of people are talking about them. What I mean by that, when you're a new crew, we saw this for years with Monday Night Football before they got Buck and Aikman, uh, they were constantly the focus. Olsen and Burkhart aren't the focus of the broadcast. And you're going to say, wait, that's a very low bar you're setting. No, no, it's not. You don't want to be a distraction. You don't want to be making mistakes. You want people to say that you're, you know, what is he talking about all the time? And they've done better than that. They've been good so far. Uh, I'm still holding out. I'm not fully giving my seal of approval. Not that that's that important. Two more until, weeks to go. Yeah. Until the Super Bowl, that's when I do the big review, at least for me. That's how I look at it. And also, I'm not anointing anybody uh, year one on a number one crew. You got to wait. It takes years. We've seen groups like Nance and Romo regress. So you, you got to be careful what you say in terms of if you – you know, again, this is not that important, but it is important. But ultimately, here's the thing. They've been good. They had the San Francisco-Dallas game uh, last week, and they did a good job. And Fox's numbers have been through the roof um, with them as the number one crew. Uh, you know, and so and now they have Tom Brady uh, in the wings. But Olsen is, he's establishing himself. He's not there yet, but he's getting there where you say, what this guy can be a number one. And even some people are already saying, well, do they need Tom Brady? My who's up, you know, I always go to business executives for my who's up, but th this week it's Joe Burrow. We all owe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase a huge debt of thanks just for winning last weekend's game in Buffalo. It's keeping us away from the awful idea of a neutral site conference championship game in the NFL. If the Bills had won, if if the the uh, if Joe Burrow and the Bengals had lost, the Bills would have played the Chiefs in Atlanta, and of course this was a unique circumstance, but it would have allowed the NFL a chance to test this neutral site idea and, and possibly move forward with it. The league wants to do this; they would get a ton more in sponsor revenue. 
they would have be able to handle their corporate clients more efficiently in a in a neutral site game where they they could be, like plan for it a little bit more. Mike Florio, he said the interest in a neutral site game inside league offices is quote unquote very high. Uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Greer called it inevitable. It's sort of like a college bowl formula that they have it. But Andrew, I'm just telling you right now, it's a terrible idea. It's not fan friendly. It's not TV friendly. There's nobody outside of the NFL who wants a corporate crowd for these championship games and the Super Bowl on top of that. You know, let, let's hope this is something that dies on a vine. Thank you, Joe Burrow. Chris Mason, I need booze for that because I'm with John with that one. If the NFL does it, I need a big resounding booze in the background there. Boo this man! Oh, no! We suck again! You didn't even comment on that. You gonna give me a comment? On that? <laughs> <laughs> I just left <laughs> so I, I like said that, and then you, you don't even say anything. All right. Wait, did I need to say something? You were agreeing with me. You were agreeing with me. Then I did the booze, and you give me a comment, then I go to my who's down. All right. Team. You're, you're, you're right. All right, whatever. We'll keep it. You want to keep it raw? We'll keep it raw. Give it to us raw and All right. Who's down? Fox Sports' remotes. All right. We banged uh, the Australian Open and ESPN last week for not being down under at the event with their top announcers, Chris Fowler, et cetera. That's terrible. Uh, now Fox Sports, they're not at big college uh, basketball games between UCLA, number five in the country, and Arizona State, who's third in the Pac-12. And here's the bottom line about all this. If you want to be known as a second-rate broadcasters, continue doing remote broadcasts. I'm not saying for you can never do a remote broadcast. You know, ESPN Plus, for example, does 8 trillion games. If a few of them are remote, understandable. When the top 10 team in the country in college basketball is playing, you need to be there. You could say, all right, we're going to save money. And I don't know. I asked how much money they're saving. I asked both ESPN and Fox Sports. They didn't give me a number. But even if maybe it's a, a good number. But you're just going to be known for your production, for being second rate. That doesn't mean you don't have some top rate production. Of course, we know Fox Sports does a great job on the NFL. They're going to do a great job in the Super Bowl, most likely. And uh, their top baseball games, they do a tremendous job in the World Series, etc. But if you're going to do a bunch of games, um, college football, their fourth game uh, this year, maybe fourth or fifth game was always remote. They ran into problems. You're just going to be known as a second rate broadcaster. So invest in that technology. Uh, save your shekels. But at the end of the day, uh, it just if you care about your brand, it's going to hurt your brand. And I do think it help, it's going to hurt who young broadcasters, you're going to really want to go to places that are doing remote. And I don't know how they're going to develop those guys. I mean, I guess, you know, what they've done recently is they got Joe Davis, they got uh, Adam Amin, they got Jason Benetti all from ESPN. I guess they could do that, but they want to develop their own people. They, they're going to need, you, want, you have to be at games. You can't just be in a studio in L.A. Yeah, at what point is uh, George Klyakov in the Pac-12 going to complain about that? I mean, this yeah, I this is a drum we've been beating. They 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 want their the, the announcers at the games. I couldn't agree more. Booze. <laughs> Did we get more booze in there? All right, who's booze. down? Boo. Kathleen <laughs> Finch, who runs Warner Brothers Discovery U.S. Networks. Andrew, did you did you see the Power Slap League? That's. I that, did. I mean, that's what people... I saw, you know, a clip. I didn't watch yeah, the clips. I did, didn't sit down for it. But the clips that went viral were tough to watch. This is the league where people stand across from each other and take turns slapping 
each other as hard as they possibly can. It's a, it's content that's really popular on social media. It originated in Russia. So of course, a US TV executive decides to give it airtime on a general entertainment channel. TBS, by the way, is the home to reruns of Friends, Young Sheldon, and the, and the Power Slap League. You get to see people concussed in real time. One of the slappies in the viral videos was slapped so hard, he went into what doctors call that fencing posture that, that is always a sign of a, of a concussion. So interestingly, this deal was not done through Warner Brother Discovery Sports uh, department. It was Finch and Entertainment, and she gave an interview to Deadline where she called the show an experiment. And she uh, compared the Power Slap League's audience to the AEW audience on on uh, on Turner. Uh, you know, I, w I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Manfred and Adam Silver and Gary Bettman, you know, people that have their games on TNT and TBS right next to this Power Slap League start to pressure the company to really ditch it altogether. Yeah, and the other thing about that, they didn't really do that well. Uh, they lost, they had the AEW lead-in. And they lost a lot of that lead-in. And the number was okay. Uh, and then, obviously, in light of the Dana White uh, being caught on tape slapping his wife, uh, it's just a terrible, terrible look for TBS. Yeah, I, 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 I'm told they're likely going to go, at least for the second episode, maybe a third. But uh, I, I can't see this uh, lasting for, for too long there. All right, let, let's uh, get into the topics. Uh, we just got through the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And the announcers uh, that were calling it uh, once again, it dominated my social media uh, feeds and timelines about uh, of Tony Romo. People uh, seem to be getting more irritated with uh, uh, with how he's calling the games. Your who's up, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. I didn't see a lot on on them as well. Andrew, th this is your bailiwick. You know, it's in your wheelhouse. What did you see? I think part of this is the free agency that we saw this off season. And uh, I think there's always been a focus on the broadcasters. I think you go way back, um, probably before even Howard Cosell, but Howard Cosell was a lightning rod. And I think uh, those in the media for years have sort of said, ah, it's just like a small group that cares about this. But I don't think so. Uh, you know, first off, the NFL, for example, is a billion dollar business. Uh, these deals are for billions of dollars. And now uh, these announcers are making so much money that the focus is on them uh, for the three hours a week that they're on. Uh, and so, you know, Romo and Nance, you know, we've been pointing this out since last year. Uh, they've regressed uh, for whatever reason. They don't seem to be doing the same broadcast together. And, you know, most of it has been pointed at Romo, uh, which uh, is fair. You know, we, we've talked about this, you know, is the preparation there. Um, you know, I actually thought the first half he was a little bit better, um, a little bit more low key in terms of not overdoing it. Uh, but it's an interesting thing for Tony Romo because you think about it from his perspective. Right out of the gate, he was a big success. Three years in, he changed his salary from $3 million a year to $17.5 million a year with 500000 in benefits. Uh, and so when you look at it, why would you change if you're Tony Romo? It's pretty much working for him. But I do think that tide has sort of switched a little bit. And I think it's just, here's the, here's the bottom line for, for Nance and Romo. It's just the coherence of the broadcast of being together, being on the same page and just making you feel like they'd be sitting next to each other in a, in a, in the, in the seats if they weren't at the game. So that, that's for them. Uh, that, that's my number one thought. I'm going to give a 
very partial defense uh, to Tony Romo. My Twitter feed, there was vitriol about how he was uh, calling some plays. You know, he called one pass into the end zone. He goes, that was a perfect pass. You know, and then in the, the, in the next sentence, he goes, well, it was a little wide. You know, it's either a perfect pass or it was a little wide. But I know people that are casual football fans, NFL fans that are tuning in for the playoffs that, you know, they don't want the toned down, muted Tony Romo in the first half. They, they like that excitement. It's almost like a childlike excitement about like, I can't, can't believe how excited I am to be calling this game for you uh, uh, out there. And I think that, that, that you know, it, it, it doesn't conform to a typical broadcast booth that, or, or, or what we would consider the top quality broadcast booth, but it, it, it is different enough that it does draw some, some of the more casual fans in. And I'm not seeing the tide turn sort of uh, among friends as much as I am on, on social media. Yeah, look, I think the thing that they need to do is have a rhythm. Uh, and I think what you're saying, I don't think you want to take that out of Romo, but it has to make sense, like what he's saying. Like you can't just say over and over that these are these QBs are going to play each other forever. We're going to see you know Josh Allen and Burrow and Mahomes. And he said that about a thousand times. You got to give me a little bit more than that. And I do think that we saw this with Nance, with Phil Sims, that it went the wrong direction. And we're kind of seeing that again with Romo. It goes the wrong direction for whatever reason, if it's personality differences between the two, uh, whatever the reason is uh, for that. But they just don't seem to be on the same page. That, that takes us to Burkhart and Olsen. So they're in, what, year six or seven for Romo and uh, and Nance. Olsen and Burkhart are in year two. And this is a credit. This is where Kevin Burkhart, you know, we can judge him fully as a play-by-player. Is he there, you know, with Joe Buck, with Ian Eagle? Is he at that level? You know, he's near. Is, is he at that level? Uh, you know, I'm not positive. But this is what Burkhardt brings, okay? He's a great guy. And I know that you're going to say, well, you know, a lot of these people are great. And they are. A lot of them are great guys. But what Burkhardt has is that likability factor. And he's able to relate to people, the type of person who can relate to, you know, someone who's sweeping the floors. And then he can relate to A-Rod. And that comes across, and that's someone you want to hang out with. That's why he was so popular. Uh, he might have been the best sideline reporter, at least that I've ever seen, when he's with the Mets at SNY. Um, he took that to another level. And you know, Olsen, uh, we've had him on the podcast. Well, we hey, know, let, let, let's stick with Burkhardt for, okay, for a quick ahead. second and that yep. likability. And you, you mentioned, you know, the guys uh, sweeping the floors, but I, I think where you were going with that perhaps was likability to where he, he's able to. to, to to bring Olsen along. It's a likability in the, in the booth. He Olsen likes him. And that's, that that's plainly obvious and comes out in the broadcast. Is that what you were talking about there? Here's the thing. You're a team, right? And so if you're a team, you need to be there for each other and try to make each other look good. Knowing that if I make you look good, John, like on our podcast, you know, you're going to make me look good. It's better for the whole podcast. Right? I make this look good. And, you know, you do the best you can with me. I do. I appreciate make... you do make me look good. I, I don't I do don't as good that. a job with you. I don't know. You I booed my who's up. I don't know what to, what to do with that, Andrew. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The WB, man. Um, <laughs> or the CW. I always say the WB. Why is that? The CW. So, yeah, so there's a team. So they like each other. They're only in year two. I think it was a little early. If, you know, Fox could have had their way, they would like Olsen to have another year of seasoning before he got this big job. But uh, you know, Aikman left and then Buck left. And so here they are. Um Look, it's still February 12th is the big date for them. 
Glendale, Arizona, the Super Bowl, because that's when you have 100 million people watching and that's where the lights are turned on. They have to do the same broadcast. They can't be different, but that's where you kind of really judge them because that is a different, you could say it's not a different animal and you could, you know, you sh- they should treat it like it's just another game, but it's not. And it's it's, it's not going to feel like that. And it's, it's different. Okay. So Burkhard Nolson had the Cowboys and 49ers. Andrew, you mentioned this in your New York Post Sports Plus newsletter. And end of the game, Cowboys, Dalton Schultz catches a, a pass and goes out of bounds. And this was Olsen on, on the telecast. Third and one. That's not a chunk play, but it is a first down. It'll stop the clock with 27 seconds. No, they're going to wind the clock. Yeah, you have to be going forwards if you're contacted going out of bounds. you got to fight through that contact. They're going to run the play instead of spiking it. Prescott being chased. In trouble. Throws into traffic. Incomplete with 10 seconds left. Yeah, so let's go back to the Dalton Schultz catch where they wound wound the clock. When you go out of bounds, you have to be going forwards if you are contacted by the defender. So you see how Dalton Schultz is kind of running sideways? Traverius Ward, he knows the rule. They coach that. You've got to turn up, be physical into contact, and get that official to stop the clock. I appreciated that because he was right on top of it. He, he, he mentioned it right away, and he was right. So I thought that that was a, a, a good one right there. Yeah, the whole Fox production team was real good with that because you have it's quick. They go to the play, the next play, then they come back to it, and he totally explained like, what just happened. Because the, And that's what you want to do. Like, we're not all football experts. And so he goes out of bounds. You're like, wait, why didn't they stop the clock? And he gave you a tight end. You know, he's, he's talking about tight end. Obviously, Olsen was a great tight end. So it was easy, you know, for him. But but that's what you want. And that you have to be on top of. And that's what you're doing, right? And it, it can be kind of casual. Um, and it doesn't have to always be like that. It's, that's what Romo's very good at, though, too. Is Romo doesn't, like when Nance like says, like, do you go for it? He doesn't make it like he's like the voice voice of God every time. I think that's very relatable and people kind of like that. It's not like, you know, we're, we're all like kind of with social media and then the shows all week. It's like, everyone has to have like a totally hard opinion about everything. And Romo a lot of times like, ah, I'm not sure. I don't know what I do here, which can, is like fine. Like you don't always have to like, you, you can, it's good to have an opinion um, in the moment, but if you don't, that's fine too. But that was just good analysis. Here's the thing that about uh, Burkhard Nolson is that they had Dallas versus San Francisco a rivalry game, tight all the way through. It came down literally to the last play. It's, I don't want to say this is easy, but it's, that, that's that's an easy game to be, to be an announcer for. Joe Davis and Daryl Johnson, had, uh, the, the day before, had a blowout game. It was the Eagles and the Giants. And you, you talked in your who's up that uh, Burkhardt and Olsen were not the story. Daryl Johnson and Joe Davis, they weren't the story either. They just called a very professional game, I thought. It was, a, you know, I don't think they did anything that made me say, I we got to get that clip to get on this pod. But I just thought that they sort of managed their way through what was a, a pretty boring game. It was a, a game that was never in doubt. Uh, and I, I thought they did a pretty good job with that. Well, this is where we get into the broadcasters, right? And where do they make, do they make a difference, right? If you look at... Monday Night Football's ratings, they're actually down this year slightly uh, with Buck and Aikman, even though more buzz and you have the Manning cast. Now, I think Monday Night Football is going to be on the upswing uh, going forward. They didn't get the Bills-Bengals game, of course, um, with the uh, 
Damar Hamlin situation and that game getting canceled. So that that would you know they that also have flex scheduling coming in next year. Flex season, scheduling too. coming next year. And then Fox was they had their new broad they had their best ratings. And so how much does it is it do do these announcers make a difference is a good question. And this is what I'd say, and it kind of gets back to what we're talking about with the remote broadcasters. You can't put like a number on it, but over time there is an enthusiasm, like the best broadcasters, there's an enthusiasm to their calls that helps sell the game. Uh, and that's not the job. They're supposed to be journalists, even though it's different. They're all, you know, the league is very heavy handed. Uh, we know that. And so, uh, but they are making the game more exciting. You see that in lesser sports. That's like sometimes been a big problem for years in soccer. Sometimes it's a problem in women's sports where people watching like the game. So give me your best. Treat us like we know and like the sport. It's not 1975. You know, everyone has access to a lot of information. So I'm not saying you have to be uh, talking. We talked about this. You don't have to be overly complicated, but uh, it, it does. It is important. And so, you know, Davis and, uh, and Moose, it's an okay crew, right? I, you know, Greg Olson, if Tom Brady, we'll get to Brady in a moment. When If Brady does come out, I think he's going to play next year. It just feels like, oh, that's what all the indications are. And uh, he can, you know, use expletives left and right. I think he's playing the town. <laughs> I would be surprised um, if he doesn't play from what I can tell. I mean, Olsen's making around $10 million now as the number one for Fox Sports. He goes down to three mil around there if uh, he goes back to number two, but he's playing his way into being in that conversation. If you're Greg Olson in your mid to late thirties, you got to be pretty excited. You're with the quarterbacks, basically in terms of those next jobs, you know, the, the Collinsworth job in four years, you know, you're not retiring Chris, Chris, I'm not retiring you, uh, but uh, he, he will be, um, you know, I NBC already had Drew Brees. They look like they're doing an air apparent that didn't work out. McVay could be up for that job. Olsen, if Brady comes in, maybe he's up for that job. So uh, it just it gets interesting. Uh, and Olsen, is, again, he's putting himself in that position. Still ways to go. I'm not ready to fully anoint him, but he's going in the right direction. Okay, let's play the what-if game. Um, what if Tom Brady retires? What is Fox going to do? Well, they have a three. If he wants to do it, he's doing it. I, I think you got a relationship with Tom Brady I, look, I I think that you're talking about something different though, with Tom Brady. Like I, he has gotten into the class of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, uh, the greatest of all time. Uh, you know, I think I put Peyton Manning also in that list in a, in a lot of regards. But Brady, um, you know, there will be a lot of focus on Brady. You think we're talking about? Tony Romo and Jim Nance and Burkhart. <laughs> Imagine with Tom Brady, if he does it, the we'll have an emergency pod. The, the the first Sunday night, Sunday game, we'll have it right after that. We'll do a pod after every comedy makes. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be in the booth. I don't think there's any question about that. If he wants to do it, I, we've talked about this for now months. You know, there is feeling that maybe Brady never does it, which would be great for Greg Olson. Uh, but. I don't know. I, I think I think he's playing. Like I don't I don't think there's there's not much to me indication. He got divorced, um, and you know from all reports, Giselle was the one who uh, really wanted him to retire. Uh, now that he's divorced, you know that changes that scenario. Uh, and so uh, it just feels like he's going to the Raiders, or you know if the 49ers were to lose this weekend, maybe he ends up there, or 
Uh, who knows where back to the Patriots, Miami, who knows? He's going to end up Nashville with, you know, Titans there. He, he, I just think he's going to play. I'd be surprised. That said though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's in Brady's hands. I mean, it's, they have a signed contract. So uh, he, if he wants his 37 and a half million dollars, he's going to have to do the games. Yeah. I, I live as you know, in the Washington DC market, do you know what the commanders would give for a quarterback and his, you know, and his mid forties, who <laughs> I mean, I it is pretty incredible. But, but uh, there, are, there, there are a lot of teams that he would be able to play for. Uh, no, no doubt, if if he wants to continue playing. Yeah, well, you, I mean, again, we're not. I'm not privy to what you know his thoughts, and either is Jim Gray. Uh, I mean, but I think also, the, the main point for this pod, though, is if he does retire, it's him and Burkhart. As, uh, it, oh yeah, they're not going to in the box. In the box, first of they can't get out of it. I mean, you got a contract. You could and just... then it'll be Joe Davis and uh, and Greg Olson. Uh, Greg Olson. Likely. I mean, there's the chance. I think also it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Possible that if he retired, that maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he waits and says, you know, I'm not doing that yet. I, mean, I don't. I don't think that's impossible. Like I think it starts when he wants it to start. But it's his job if if he if he wants it. What, and what do you think though of him with Jim Gray? I thought that was kind of weird. I got to be honest. I mean, I've been around a lot of athletes. I've covered a lot of athletes. I've asked them a lot of questions. You're doing a paid podcast with uh, I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald was on at that moment, but with Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray. Jim Gray is like your buddy. You got to know he's going to ask you that question, right? I, that's well, and then he's like swearing. I thought that was weird. Jim Gray is a, like I, certainly he he talked to uh, to Brady beforehand to say like hey listen you know these are areas that we're going to cover and even if he didn't you, you if you're Tom Brady you have to know that that's coming that seems very uh, 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 performative to me it seemed like something that he just kind of wanted to a- answer for everybody else that's going to ask him after that pod about what he's going to do. A nice boring answer would have invited people to, uh, to continue asking, asking him about it. And he basically said uh, as, as harshly as he could, he's going to decide on his time. And that case is what we call a transition because we're going to performative. We're going to talk about <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. By the way, I took a look at the rundown. I was like, how did we get Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, and Shannon Sharp, and, and on on our rundown, <laughs> John acts like I'm like the producer. I just send him a rundown. He has no say in it. Like I just hear the rundown. No, you know what it is. John you know just what? shows. I'm as curious as everybody else about about what we're gonna say about these three. <laughs> John just shows up, his shades on. Turn down for what? gets his. He gets. He gets handed the. Uh, he gets handed the rundown. We got. Uh, AC White and, and Chris Mason, uh, and uh, they're just they're they're there giving him his only he only has blue M and M's. It's all ready for him. Uh, <laughs> he's high maintenance Orin is what we call him <laughs> behind his back. Now it's public. Right. Uh, so the rundown comes. I've heard so that. I've heard Stephen, all that, Andrew. You saw Stephen A. Shannon and Skip, and what were you thinking? So what do you think we're talking about here? Uh, well, you know, of course, Shannon Sharp at the Lakers game. Yes. Uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless having some issues to where Shannon Sharp didn't show up at uh, on uh, on the yeah. the FS1 show, the not first take. Oh, well, what what on earth is the name of that show? Why can't oh, undisputed, I... undisputed, <laughs> undisputed. You know, like that? That? Talk that? about performative. I'm the... right, we're gonna play. <laughs> we're gonna, all right, let's stop playing. Guess the rundown. And let's get to it. All right, what what why I put that on there is well, is what these shows have become. They've become performance. Or like if anybody's really watching, and I've always said this for years and years about talk radio, if you're watching or listening to be informed, 
Um, that's kind of seems silly, even though I do think some people do, you know, you know, people have jobs and they're coming home and this is how they, they find out about sports, but it's just sort of a caricature uh, version of it. It can be entertaining. Uh, and uh, Stephen A and Skip have really gone all in on the Cowboys, Stephen A, you know, with the, you know, his whole act and with Michael Irving coming in on Mondays. I mean, it's worked. You know, I I have to say I put it on this Monday to see what he was gonna do and see what it was like. And you know, would I do that if I were if this wasn't my job? Probably not. I wouldn't care that much. But it does. It's performative. Easier to do than say. Uh, and they they do a good job with that. Now, let's get to what's your opinion on Shannon Sharp though uh, making a scene at the Laker game? I, I don't think you can do that. No, I thought that was uh, he did come on and apologized uh, uh, for, for for doing that afterwards, but for. For somebody who has uh, spent a lot of time complaining about fan behavior uh, at the games, and then and then he he turns in to be you know the, a a fan that almost starts a brawl at, at at one of the games, and maybe you can a- answer this: How did he stay on the court? I, I I can't imagine that he wasn't thrown out of the uh out of the arena. Yeah, this is what happens in L.A. I mean, Will Smith stayed in his seat at the Oscars, so I I don't know. This is it's a it's a different ball game, I guess. There with stars. Uh, you know, Shannon Sharp's so interesting to me because these younger players, sometimes it feels like when they go back at him, they kind of act like, um, it's like, it's like Barkley. It's like, yeah, dude, I had a way better career than you. Like, there's like almost like nobody could say anything to these guys where they can't just be like, no, no, I was better than you. Like there's almost, you know, there's like three people who can say, no, I've, I had a better, you know, Brady could say that to Shannon Sharp if he wanted to, maybe a couple other quarterbacks, but the guy's a hall of famer, one of the great tight ends of all time. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I look, the interesting thing about this stuff is that we're not talking about them unless they do this. So that that's sort of where it, you know, it goes in. Stephen A's gotten to a point where, you know, he's comparing Beyonce to Rihanna and he said, Beyonce, he likes her better <laughs> because it's like a whole thing and apologize. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, is this the end of time? Is this how we end? Because this is what everyone's getting worked up about. That, uh, well, Stephen well, here, said here's, that Beyonce here's one thing I do know. Like, uh, everybody hates Skip Bayless, right? And Stephen A is uh, is sort of uh, polarizing. I, it is difficult to break through early mor- or late morning, early afternoon programming. And and they have all broken through in, 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 terms, of, uh, in terms of, you know, People wanting to watch them, or at least people talking about them, and and some of their things going viral. So it's difficult to do. They've been able to do it. It's not my cup of tea, but it's you know, it's not my cup of tea either. But I will say this about Steve. I mean, Stephen A. Obviously, very good at TV. Shannon Sharp, very good at TV. Skip Bayless is very good at TV. I mean, we can talk about his takes are stupid, and some of them I found you know unbelievably dumb. But he's good at TV. Like, I mean, there is an art to it. He's 70, I believe, and he can still get into, like, the Cowboys like he's seven years old. So, I mean, that's one thing. Uh, well, you know what Jamie Horowitz always used to say, and he was uh, the guy that sort of uh, got him on the, the first take way back when, was he used to go around and people used to be like, you know, that's Skip Bayless. I hate him. And mm-hmm. be, that, and it, he was like, anybody that inspires that kind of passion with that many people, he wants that guy on the air. And that's that's totally what Skip Bayless does. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully somebody hates you or me. So we get a lot of <laughs> it's gotta be you. I'm the likable one of the it's two of us. Be. I get that. I think it's me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, live golf. I gave you all the credit. I you know, fluffed you up at the beginning and then now you just totally 
Pairing me. Uh, all right, let's talk about it. Live golf, the CW. What's your big takeaways? You're on top of it. What What's your takeaways of uh, why this happened? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, what's your take? You know, my take on this, it's very similar to my take on MLS going to Apple, which was uh, Live Golf was not going to get a US TV deal this year. Everybody was telling them no. Uh, CBS, NBC, ESPN, Turner all have deals with the PGA Tour. Fox had, it was basically, they, they, uh, Live would have to back up a Brinks truck and pay them for about a, a hefty amount for a time buy to get on Fox. Um, so this was really the the only deal that was out there for Live if they wanted to get on 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 established network television. Um, there's no rights fee associated with it. Uh, it's not a time buy, but there's no rights fee. Live is paying for all the production. They're going to share the advertising revenue. But what what I think is important about this is it's only a two year deal. There's a one year option on it. So it's not like the NFL deal where live is tied uh, for, for until 2030. So this is an acceptable way to get into the U.S. market, to test some things out, to see what works, what doesn't work. And in two years, if they can demonstrate that people are watching it, the one thing I know about media is that uh, people are going to pay for, uh, for programming like the like the the slap league. I was, say, I was about to drop a Kathleen Finch from TBS Entertainment. She's put on the slap league. I'm sure she'd put on live. She wouldn't care. Yeah, they totally would do that. And so this is this is a step there, and it's an interim step. It's a two year deal. So so we'll see. And if you're next star, of course, I'm going to talk about RSNs. But one one of the things about regional sports networks and their demise is that these local broadcast channels like the the CW uh, are out there looking at possibilities to get in get into sports scripts has already started to negotiate to try to get some out there next star this is a this is a first step to to, to develop a, a sports business or a sports division which could also allow them to get in there to where it'll be just like when we were kids and you could see, you know, the, the, the Orioles or the Nationals on WDCW down here in D.C. And it's, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it actually it's, makes the, some sense. You agree? Uh, oh, I think so. T totally. If, if you're a team, you have to be prepared. Like I, I use this line all the time. Adam Silver said there will be pain. You have to be prepared to uh, want to, uh, to, to take less money, but reach more people. And if you reach more people... You'll get more butts and seats. You'll sell more cokes. You'll sell more merchandise, and you'll you'll start to, to develop, uh, you, you know, the, the fan base again. That's not able to watch the RSNs as the cord cutting is happening. But that would kill your streaming idea last week with the MLB Network. I disagree. I think that the, the uh, one of the things that Scripps has said that they're looking into is not exclusive. Uh, it's not going to be an exclusive deal. It's like uh, if, if you want a a, a full you know, broadcast uh, coverage, we can give that to you. If you want to then stream on top of it, you know, go ahead and do that as well. Interesting. Uh, Live Deal, I think they would have done well if it was Fox, although Fox does second-rate remotes. They do. It is Fox. <laughs> and, I, you know, besides that, Fox is really, they do a great job. They're brought, You know, they have a great plan, and I think that would have been a really good uh, fit for Live. That would have felt like a real home run um, because it would have been on par. See what I did there? Time to go home there, ball. You know what? I didn't catch that. That was good. CBS and NBC and ESPN. But uh, 
to me, what I've said the other day in NYP TV Sports Plus and my newsletter on Monday, it's like they hit one into the sand trap, but a good lie where if they have the proper wedge shot, they could get it onto the green. Uh, but I don't know if it's a great, you know, I think that's a tough, you know, you don't want to be in, in the sand. Uh, so I think that's to me where this deal is. I don't really like it's on the app on Fridays. That's going to get very few people. All right. That's you have to download the CW app. And, you know, that's one thing we, and you, you know, the affiliate issue, you know, will all these affiliates pick it up, you know, in New York, um, will it be worth them to, to pick up live golf, um, on the weekends? You mentioned DC and your newsletter that you have every Monday nights, um, in terms of maybe not, you know, the DC market, but the Baltimore market might pick it up. You, you know, you're just speculating there, but, but that's something to watch, uh, because, uh, they don't, they can't just tell the affiliates to pick it up. They have yeah, to, the, the, the DC channel is actually owned by Nextstar, So it's, uh, so they're, they're, they're likely going to keep it. But I think the point I was making is that the neighboring town, could say could could make a totally different uh, decision uh, than one, and that Andrew is going to be the biggest live golf media story this year is going to be determining who gets it, who picks it up, what affiliates take it, and what affiliates don't. And there's going to be a lot of pressure from a lot of people on these affiliates saying, "Do not take it." It's going to be a it, it's going to be reams of uh, ink being spilled on this. Also, I also the numbers, like what do they get? How many people are watching this? Because like you said, that's what's going to, you know, when it's up in two years, if people are watching it, then maybe some other networks will be interested. Uh, but I don't know. I just kind of feel like I don't really foresee big numbers uh, for this. And maybe that's not what they need, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's to me, it's, it's, they needed, they need to do the deal. They could act like it was competitive bidding. Nobody else wanted it. And yeah, there was, it was not competitive. It wasn't that was, competitive. That, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. BS is just BS. Here's, here's one, here's one other storyline that uh, I'm going to be watching is, uh, is starting with the masters is I, it, you know, the, I think the majors are going to benefit greatly from this because all of a sudden you have sort of like, you know, the villains playing the heroes. And what if you're Phil Mickelson and you're, you're, you're battling for the lead is CBS going to show all of Mickelson's shots? Are they going to like, are they, are, are they going to default to the PGA tour golfers? Nah, you got to show the shots. You got, uh, you and I say that, but they had, they, they're in bed. They're in partnership with the PGA tour. Yeah. I don't think I, I'd be. Bill Mickelson might be bad, be a, a, bad, a bad example because he's so well known, but what about but even like, any of them? I don't know. I, you're not going to show the live golfers. I think that's crazy to me. Something to watch. I'm just saying something to watch. Your prediction they will or well now you said it it's kind of like yeah they're gonna they're not gonna I I think that uh, the uh, complaints that I've heard and I haven't checked this so so the, the unfounded rumor alert here okay. um get the siren out Chris last year uh, NBC for the U.S. Open did not show as often that was a complaint yeah, yeah that, that was a complaint a that I heard all right let's finish it up um after you just did uh the uh unfounded rumor good job keeping this podcast the you know the podcast of record for sports media <laughs> if hey, you want that... unfounded rumors yeah something let's start that... off we got this prediction we got all right now he's ending with unfounded rumors good yeah, one. yeah something that i that i would not have printed i just said on the pod so yes, what is what do you want pod. no editing that all right u.s <laughs> soccer and hbo max uh when you're eating your blue m&ms you threw that on the end of the rundown why so uh, you know, uh, uh, so last week, uh, the U.S. women had, the, it was HBO Max's first uh, uh, sports stream. Um, 
of course, uh, because because uh, it's not Nielsen rated, there's no third party. We're not going to hear at all what the what the viewership was like. You won't be surprised that uh, internally they were telling us that uh, oh, it beat our expectations, but we we have no idea what what, what that was. Uh, this week, uh, the U.S. men's uh, national team they're going to be streamed uh, on uh, on Wednesday night on HBO Max. Uh, they have another game on that that'll be on TNT on Saturday. And I just want to, uh, I just thought it was important to make a point that, you know, especially, you know, we talk about the NBA deal all the time that's coming up. We're, see, we're seeing Warner Brothers Discovery Sports, sort of how they're moving forward with streaming. This is more than a test of streaming. This is an actual deal they have with, uh, with U.S. soccer. Uh, where this goes, um, they, they've talked a lot about Discovery Plus and HBO Max sort of merging uh, 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 services. And sort of you know, how this, I, from everything I've been told, they've been happy with the start of streaming, be, albeit it's just one game. Uh, and, and so this is, a, it's just something that bears watching. A couple of things before we go here. Uh, I watched a little bit of that. Uh, I'm not going to give a total A plus yet, but I did think Luke Wildman, their play-by-player, sounded pretty good. Uh, so that was a plus for them. Uh, the one thing I didn't understand about this deal is why they, spent so much money on this deal. I don't know if they really understood the what's happening with soccer. First off, the U.S. women, so the qualifying games for the U.S. women don't really matter because they're so good and they're going to make it. Uh, there's no question. U.S. is automatically in the 26 World Cup. So those games, um, you know, people might want to watch them, but they just won't have the intensity. There's no chance that they're not going to make it. They're automatically in in 26. And then in 30, the field, and actually 26, the field goes to 48 teams. So it seems almost unfathomable that we won't make it. Uh, in 30. What if the U.S. doesn't make that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like we would have made it the last time when we didn't make it in what eighteen. And so, uh, so I didn't really understand these deals. They, the games they got, they're not going to be that important. Not so our, our, our roles on this pod, you're the big soccer guy. I'm I'm a I'm a casual soccer fan. Yeah, I love watching the U.S. team play. I I love the rivalry with uh with Mexico and 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 you it's know. a random game. You're not going to be on this men's game. This week, there's no chance you're watching the the ones this week. No, I could care less. But when when the U.S. plays Mexico, whether it's a friendly or whether it matters, you're not going to watch that. I'm totally going to watch that. Yeah, I mean, look, you want some juice to it. There's a little bit. Yeah, U.S. Mexico, fine. So still, that's a lot for U.S. Mexico. That's the only real big rivalry we have in, oh, in Costa our Rica. Hey, maybe you get up for. I know John gets up for U.S. Costa Rica. <laughs> Canada's very good. I'm not saying there's not some interesting matches. You know, they have some good players um, that we want to. You want to see the develop. I'm not saying nobody's going to watch. I'm just saying there's not really much importance. There's not as the much. Which, which not, is they're not like playoff games, yeah. which is what kind of you want when you make a qualifying round. Is that the U.S. You know, they, these games mean something, and uh, they're not friendlies, but they're almost friendlies uh, for most of these games because they're just not going to mean that much unless we really, uh, you know, what the bed. Um, so it's uh, so I, that deal I didn't understand. It was a lot of money, and I don't think anybody else, everyone else, kind of realized the uh, implications of what's going on in terms of the World Cup and then the expanded field. So, so that's going to do it. Before we sign off, Andrew, I have some breaking news. Uh, oh. Following our last pod, Colin Campbell. Of uh, Omaha Productions. Omaha Productions got my uh, got my address and sent me the softest blanket I have ever felt. This is a soft blanket, Andrew. So, my God. Yeah, we might have to flashback. This is what happened last week. At the end of the Manning cast, uh, 
Peyton asked Eli if he got any presents from any of the guests like they did last year. I think Snoop sent him like a chain or something last year. And he said, no, no, I got the one thing I got was an Omaha Productions uh, blanket. Now, I don't know if you received this little <laughs> gift, but I got one of those blankets, too. Did you get an Omaha Productions blanket? Are you kidding me? I'm not even on the on the mailing list. Not I did not get the Omaha Productions mailing. Right, well, that's not really the story. I'm not trying to be like, well, I got ESPN sent me potato chips. I'd rather have the oh, blanket. Potato chips. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't want to. I know people. Both seasoning. I, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Nice box. Uh, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> but the wait. So Peyton sending Eli the same blanket that he's sending to me or whatever, whoever sends it from Omaha Productions. I don't think it came from Peyton. I mean, come on. You didn't, get, you didn't get the blanket, huh? No, and Ed, I'm the I'm as positive on those guys as anybody, Andrew. I, 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 listen, I don't listen. You can tell me whatever you want. I'm not changing. Okay, anybody. I mean, <laughs> send me a blank. I'm not gonna like send it back. I mean, thanks. I always tell people when they want. They like, can we send? He's like, all right, yeah, no explosives. Yeah. So John didn't get the blanket last week. Um, I don't care about getting the blanket. Colin Campbell, PR guru, Omaha Productions. I don't need the blanket, but. Please give John a blanket, such a soft blanket. I didn't, I gotta be honest, I didn't think the quality was Peyton Manning quality of that blanket. I don't know. I, I told my son it was from Peyton, so they, you know, they, they gave me some street credit. A little home. small, it's a little. I don't know. They could have got a little bigger blanket. <laughs> <laughs> it was a smaller blanket. Yeah, it's going Let's into see. goodwill is, next week. Let's see the TV twelve handout blankets. We'll do a comparison: the Manning blanket versus the TV twelve blanket. Um, all right, that's gonna do it. Blanket coverage of sports media. What's that side this blanket? More blankets. That's the point. I uh, want to thank uh, AC Wyatt, who's in charge of the overall productions, and then Master of Drops from Say It Ain't So Productions via. That's what uh, he started about 20 years ago. Chris Mason, you hear all those drops. Those are Masons. Uh, we want to thank him. If you could like, uh, if you could make a nice comment, if you could follow, we appreciate it. All right, see you next week. And then uh, we're off to the Super Bowl soon. Thanks for listening. 